It was around four years ago, my dear friend Wendy and I began meeting weekly for coffee. It was natural and even expected for our conversations to revolve around her only child, Ben, and the cancer that had just ended his life at only eight years old. Our time together, working through the grief, turned out to be so much more for both of us. Sundays with Wendy is an open invitation into our coffee talks, our views and stories of both life and death, where nothing is off limits, authentic feelings and thoughts flow freely and without judgment. Simply put, we've been through some shit, and yet we both live a life of peace. This is Elise. Welcome to Sundays with Wendy. So after our last chat, one of the questions that came up a few times and something that I know you and I have talked about so many times is how are you even functioning? How did you ever function from day one, which I know isn't necessarily the truth. There was probably many days of no function, but to the outside world, you, Wendy, lived through something that nobody can even come close to imagining unless they have also. And at the end of the day, you know, you stood up and kind of embraced the fate of what happened and literally stood up and put one foot in front of the other. And I know a lot of days probably weren't as great as they looked to the outside, but the question popped up and I think it is a great way to start today's chat. Thank you, Elise. Um, You know, I think that I never put a lot of thought into that. I, um, it, that conclusion, his death was something that we knew could have been a possibility. And, um, you know, the, the few months leading up to that, you know, it was never spoken to us and we never spoke about it, but it was something that was very real. Um, and it didn't come as a complete shock, like sometimes death does. So, you know, we went through the motions in those, in those days after, because there's so much to do. There's so much to think about. And I remember the night of the service, we were all um, at my house and sitting Shiva. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends came up and she just kind of whispered in my ear, you don't have to be strong anymore. And she walked away and I've cut, you know, I turned my head and I just watched her walking away. And I thought, I, I mean, it's not, strength isn't something that I conjured up in a day or um, it it was just there and it wasn't necessarily going to go away. And it's what got me to this point. And I felt like, shoot, this last three and a half years was just the training and the rest of my life is going to be the marathon, really. And um, so I did. I put one foot in the front of the other. There was a couple weeks I, you know, I just slowly moved through the day like a ghost. And then, you know, I had a business and I had people relying on me and I chose to go back into the office. And, um, and some of that was a distraction. Yes. Um, but I don't think I could have done it in any other way. 
Yes, at all. Um, and, you know, I noticed over time I would walk into a room and everyone would kind of clear. We kind of joked about it. You know, I could clear a room and it was true. You know, Do and you I, still feel like that? Sometimes. Yeah. Even, you know, almost four years later, I think, and I don't think people are shying away from Wendy the person. I think it's their internal feelings yes. or their, um, the way they approach grief or see grief or feel like, oh, you know, I, how, you know, they may be questioning how does she do that and not even, couldn't even internalize how they could handle that. P- perhaps it seems like you have actually been going through the motions of grief for almost four years, but they haven't. So they see you and it's like, it just happened. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's this feeling that how, how, what would I say if I go over and see you and, and chat? What would we chat about if it wasn't that? Cause that's how maybe you connected with some of those mm-hmm. people in the first place was, mm-hmm. was through the kids. And that's an interesting thing I had never thought about till just the second. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, you want people to just treat you for who you are and what you were a friend um you know a client a you know any any of those roles we play in life and there are people that can do that more easily than others I know I went back to both hospitals and you know embraced um the medical staff and that but those are people that understand these aspects of grief Right. Um, I think that was therapeutic for you in words that are probably hard to put together. But I was there with you in New York and the the faces of the staff and the doctors and the team when they saw you was like everything. Mm -hmm. So it was really therapeutic for them. And you don't you know, you don't always think about that, that you Mm -hmm. gave them that gift. I literally Mm -hmm. felt like you were giving them that. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was special. I didn't um, get to say goodbye to them, and they were, um, you know, such a big part of our lives, and you know, support for us. I mean, they were, I mean, became our family. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's not just three and a half years. It's like every day is a year. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, it's like dog years. <laughs> it, it totally is. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then a little time goes on, and. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't one who was going to lay in bed. That just wasn't my style. I, I can see how people could. I really, and there's no judgment about Did how. Did you have any days like that? No, I don't think I had Not one. that you can I recall. think I got up every day. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I just always knew the value of movement and, you know, I always exercised and, you know, it always made me feel better. I always joke and say exercise is one of the few things in life you can do and you feel better after. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and it always did. And that was something I wasn't going to let go. And I took, I tried to take really good care of myself during that time. Yeah. You know, I was by myself. I was single, divorced, and living by myself. And, um, and everyone around me was broken for the same reason. And you just, and they're fighting their own grief. Um, and that's hard to witness, too. And I just, you know... Like, I, we keep saying it, but one foot in front of the other, I would get up and think about the day. And there was a time, I mean, this went on for about nine months. I would write on a little 
little piece of paper and I'd put the date and then I'd write all the things I needed to accomplish that day. What, however simple those I do tasks that now. were. <laughs> but, and I would, and I would carry it around with me in my purse. And then when I got home, I would, mm-hmm. they were mostly checked off. And I remember I'd crumble them up and throw them in the wastebasket. Yeah. Like, and it was just like, you made another it day's day. done. Yeah. You know, mm. um, and I did that for a long time and then I stopped doing that. So I feel like that might have been a um, a stepping stone or a... Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, at but, some point, it's, you know, it becomes real that there is no, there's no changing what's happened. Not that we ever think that, but there's this sort of, maybe you've, you've been hopeful for so long and then it's done, that feeling is not necessary at that moment and... It, it's a long transition to to return to who you might have always been, but without your your sidekick. I know. Mm-hmm. And him and I, you know, because, you know, um, he was my only child mm-hmm. and a natural, everyone, everyone uses the term old soul when yes. they refer to him. And he was, we... I, you know, we could be in a room and not even be able to talk to each other, but I would know exactly what he needed. Right. And it was really, you know, we just had this kind of special way of being with each other. And whether we were in the hospital, whether we were on a plane, whether we were sitting side by side on an Amtrak train Mm -hmm. heading to New York. I mean, there was just, it was a very, I think it was, we had it before. But when he got sick, it was, um, it's almost like the channel got stronger. I can only imagine. Yeah. He had a really trust in that. And you, you right back it was a circle it feel like circular mm-hmm. yeah I mean that was the really cool part and um well, one that, time that one, didn't go away no it didn't and it's still but the, the cool thing about it is I still feel like I have that now and you know I say sometimes he's just outside of his bo- physical body mm-hmm. and I feel his presence not all the time but sometimes and it's very strong or I I ask mm-hmm you know, I ask him to, you know, if I'm thinking, a lot of times it's really around the foundation. And I'll say something like, it actually it happened this week. I was coming home from New York and I knew it was going to be a busy day. And I'd been thinking a lot about the foundation. And I just said, and I just talked to him in my mind. And I said, Ben, what are you doing up there today? And you know, all day long, and I had a lot of my CPA practice work to do that day. And all, I bet I spent six or eight hours that day just handling foundation work. People were calling out of the blue. Um, things were coming together with something we were working on. I got a random call. And um, and when I, I didn't really think about it during the day, but when I got home and I was just like settling down, I was like, oh, he was telling me exactly what he was doing over there. Mm-hmm. You know, the way I feel like he is so connected to the foundation. Yes. And his, you know, it's... It's funny, he had a big personality, and he still has a big personality. Of course. Because I hear it so loud, you know, right. and so strong. Well, like, love is an energy, right? We, You and I talk about this all the time, and it it can't be broken. Like, you can't, it can't go away. Mm-hmm. So, just because you can't see him doesn't mean that that energy and that love is really gone. And I think that you embrace that back to that original question, how did you keep going? Um, most people... Um, picture themselves, you know, in the corner, you know, 
rocking back and <laughs> forth. Not to say you didn't do that once or twice. I'm kidding. Um, but, you know, the, to have the motivation to keep to keep going, I, I feel like you really tapped in to the to the knowing that you can trust that that energy really was real. You had it before, and you had it. Right. Had I, it. I don't think it went anywhere. Right. I, you, you always know, said it didn't feel different. It really didn't. And, um, you know, um, there are times where, like you said, <clears throat> it, especially in the beginning where you're, I was more frozen or mm-hmm. more void of, you know, normal everyday emotions, lack of zest and vitality. Um, but I dealt with those when sure. they came up. And that was really important, too. You know, how you heal. I mean, I read every single book I could get my hands on on grief. Yeah. And most of them didn't say anything, but got to have a little faith. And I needed something a little more than that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of found it. <laughs> um, but you, I think what you have to do is you have to work on yourself to be open enough to receive it. Yes. To receive that. For sure. Yeah. And it's there's, a, there's just such a peace about it. I don't know why every time we are talking about this, I think about the funeral day. And... Um, the music that was played and just the hundreds and hundreds of people. What what did they say at the end of the day? They thought the number in the sanctuary. Eight hundred maybe. Eight hundred people from all times in your life come and show up and And it was such love. Um my um sister's husband at the time was in a band and he went into the studio to record a song and they picked Ben was so into the Beatles at the time but they picked Across the Universe Mm -hmm. and it was so beautiful and I just remember hearing it was just like this hum of people behind me and it was just pure love 100% and then the rabbi that was officiating (laughs) asked you and the family Jeff to stand up and turn around and receive the love and, and it was amazing I um I didn't know how many people were there Mm-mm. when we were I right um, down in front when when we were asked to come into the temple through the back door I remember the officiant said just you have to it was kind of an odd step up and step down or mm-hmm. you could trip and I've been known to trip a lot <laughs> in my life so all I could think to myself is I cannot fall sure on my face so I was very cognizant of this awkward mm-hmm. step and I stepped over and my eyes were just fixed on the floor I I didn't even look to see who was there no of course and um so when we I turned around I really it was hundreds of people and I really saw what not so much even people it just felt like beings mm-hmm. and almost like everyone was in some sort of light movement and it seemed like everyone was in tan. Yeah. And it was like I saw their souls and we were they were just dancing. It was Yeah. It was almost overwhelming, but in the most beautiful yes. way. I, I've never I've been to many funerals and I have never had that experience and being one of the eight hundred people not too far away from you, it was so incredible to imagine if you could even like be present enough to absorb that and I I just saw it in your face and you were so again you're like magical person like I don't know that it was so beautiful and such a hard moment all at the same time 
Yeah, but I I felt like I wanted I wanted to be there and I wanted to experience it. I didn't need to be taking a bunch of Xanax or doing anything crazy. I really wanted Absolutely. to to um whatever came my way um that day. And when I got up when it was over, I kind of I got up kind of abruptly and I I think I ran out I I was just kind of overcome and I kind of ran and I didn't know where to go cuz we were going to have a reception of sorts and um I just remember going, I, I'm kind of out of place. I don't know where to go. I think, I think I'm just going to turn right. And thank God I turned in the right place. And, um, but it was, I don't know. And then those oh, hundreds that was of people interesting. lined I, um, up. I am. So it, that was kind of funny. Actually, the rabbi, um, was on the, the mic and people started to file into the room and mm-hmm. I had just put my maybe my coat down and I turned around and it, they, they all started lining up one mm-hmm. after the other, after the other. And the rabbi said, this is not what this is. Please. And you know, just eat mm-hmm. some food, enjoy yourself. And everyone's ignoring him. Mm-hmm. They're acting like he didn't even say anything. And there, Jeff has a line with him and I, there was a line forming. And yeah. I think I looked at my watch about three hours later. Yeah. It was crazy. And I just wanted to be, I wanted to, those people wanted to tell me something about Ben. Yeah. And I wanted to hear it. Yeah. Because that, some, I mean, some of those people I will never see again. Right. And um, I wanted to hear every word. Absolutely. That was spoken. And so I stood there. And I remember one of my friends came around and everyone was worried about me. Like, do I want anything food? And I said, I'll take a few grapes. And she came with like three. (laughs) And that I did. But I really did. I didn't need anything but that. Right. Because that would never come again. I could eat grapes again. I could have more water at any time. But having those people in front of me was so special. Well, you're special. I I think that not everybody can can imagine doing that. And you, you know, were really selfless at that moment. And yet I know I know that same, same with when we went to New York, it was the same kind of vibe like that you were giving. You were receiving and giving all at the exact same time mm-hmm. and all in, you know, memory and honor of him, mm-hmm. of Ben. And it was, it was surreal. I mean, for me watching you doing that. So, <laughs> I mean, look, I can see it like yesterday, just mm-hmm. this line of people. Again, I've been to a lot of funerals and a lot of things in the sanctuary and the Jewish community. And I have never seen that. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, he touched a lot of people, you know, through yeah. his school, through the Jewish community, at the hospitals, um, our friends and family. I mean, he was a special little boy. Yeah, true that. And um, he gave a lot of people a lot of inspiration. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Still does. Tru- truly, yeah. he is he is the impetus of this foundation. Yeah. You know, um, when sometimes when I get too far away, sometimes when things come up and ideas are thrown around, however good they are, I have to really sit with myself and think about: is this something that, is this something that would make Ben feel better? Right. Is this something he would he would get a kick out of if he was a kid? You know, and you know, some of those were difficult conversations to have with some of my board members or family. You know, and they had great ideas, but yeah. I had to stay really close to that mission, right? For him, well, you have you have that information, so you know it, and mm-hmm. you know it, and then you can kind of ask of him, and mm-hmm. you know, I it he's been guiding you all the way. It feels yeah, and spot I think, on. Um, as much as I was a guardian to him. 
I think he's a guardian to me now. Absolutely. You know, so if you, if you look at it like that, it's not so bad. You know, maybe, maybe we, we don't lose as much as we think we, think we have lost. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I know. So one other thing that pops up into my head is a phrase that I'm pretty sure you don't care for, if I'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken, and that is the battle with cancer or lost the battle with cancer. Mm -hmm. And I know it always strikes a chord with me as not my favorite phrase, but Mm -hmm. I feel like you have some thoughts on that. I do. I mean, I think that gets said a lot. And so when someone passes, I think that's actually in the first sentence. If so-and-so lost their battle with cancer. And what I think that does, it gives the cancer way too much power. Mm-hmm. I mean, Agree. so I always thought Ben didn't lose anything. Mm-hmm. You know, he won at life. Yeah. He taught so many people how to do it. And he will work through this, through me, through the foundation forever. This foundation, I have a feeling, will go on long, long after I'm gone. And, um, but, you know, and there's other phrases, too, that I don't love. (laughs) Um, Like, I don't love cancer sucks. Yeah. And there's F cancer. There's also that, too. And those weren't words that I ever put put together Mm -hmm. because I felt like they were negative, number one. And, you know, when you say a negative phrase like that, even though it true or not, it kind of put put us in this this other realm that I didn't want to be in with it with that. I mean, we were very accepting. We we knew what we were dealing with. Um, But I just chose not to, you know, go to that side of it. You know, and I'm glad I did it. I love what you just said, that it gives it it gives it power that it just you just don't want to give it I mean that's it and it and it could be about anything it doesn't have to be about cancer per se because I hear that a lot lost lost the battle with you know you name it fill in the blank but it's usually around that cancer and I always feel the same way like nobody lost anything you you did it like Mm -hmm. you 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 did everything you were supposed to and now this it's and then, you know, then with that, it's the battle, the fight, the superhero. And these kids don't want to be superheroes. I mean, there's even a syndrome for it for kids that survive. They have to overcome the superhero yeah. syndrome because they've been put on a pedestal or all of these other things. So, you know, it, it's interesting, that some of those conversations. It's food for thought, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, it works for some people, and it's fine. Like right, they right. don't have any issue with it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't strike that chord. It resonates with them, and all is well. But yeah, it always it always strikes me. So when you and I have, in the past, chatted about that, I, I thought it was really interesting. Food mm-hmm. for thought. True. Food, mm-hmm. food for thought. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. So the only other thing I can think of right the second mm-hmm. is that you did come home to an empty space. And I wanted you to just tell me about your kittens. <laughs> oh, you had to go there. So I did. I um, Everyone said I should get a cat, you know, um, and I did. So I went to the shelter with my niece, two nieces, and we picked up. They were two little, they were the cutest things. They were sisters. Um, 
and I thought they were so cute and they were cute. And so we got them. I brought them home. <laughs> and, you know, it was, that was kind of funny too. Um, they were, they were adorable. And, but at night it was so funny. You know, I had two cats prior years ago. One would sleep on my head and one would sleep somewhere else very close to me. But these cats would never get on the bed. Or one time one of them jumped on there very at the very end, tip top, you know, very far reaching mm-hmm. spot. But I also, I always wondered, like, was Ben like laying in the bed and the cats wouldn't get on there because he was, his presence was there? Oh, you know. You always said it was like they would leave the strange, deliberate space. And that's unusual for cat, cats and kittens, I well, think. Well, I think they can sit. Aren't cats the most intuitive or one of the most intuitive? I mean, they can see I'm not a fan, things. so you'll have to tell me. I don't know, but person. I always, you know, it wasn't something I thought was, um, there was a reason they weren't laying on the yes. bed with me at night because they would cuddle me on the couch, they'd jump wherever I was. Yes. And um, so anyway, that, yeah. So that was a special, <laughs> that was a special time. Um, it just, there was a little lightness in the house yes. for a while. And yes, I think that was the perfect little transition to, mm-hmm. to help kind of ease that co- extra quiet space. Mm-hmm. I know, but I needed the quiet space too. I mean, there was a part of even where I where I chose to live, you know, in a high rise in Virginia Beach. That, mm-hmm. um, you know, in that time, I just to of, be clear, that's literally the only high rise, yeah, in okay, the entire yes. area. <laughs> so, um, so I, uh, I, I maybe I didn't know it, but choosing that a couple years prior for mm-hmm. several reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, we just, it was easier for us to come and go without a big house to take care of. And number two, it was quiet and we, I like that. But in the, in that time after it was peaceful for me, you know, I didn't necessarily need people knocking at the door and bringing food. Everyone, you know, it's funny, the go-to's food always, Mm -hmm. which is great, but I don't think anyone even knew, knew that I eat like a bird. Um, literally have one item in your refrigerator yeah, it's the biggest bachelorette. Refri- people come over and take pictures of the refrigerator. And I, I tell them they can't post it on social media. I mean, it's pretty hilarious. It is. But, um, you know, but in that time, I would come home from work. And I did this for three years. I finished my book. Mm-hmm. I'd sit at the little table. Now it's a standing desk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wrote my way through that. Yeah. You know, and however long it took, it took. And um, but I am so glad that I chose to to use that medium. So therapeutic. It was so cathartic, mm-hmm. and so. I mean, some sometimes I would just sit there and cry my way through something, or there are other times I would smile because I would go back to a time that was so funny, or so out of the norm, or and sometimes I would sit there and be like, I can't believe we we did that. In particular, I can't believe that happened, but it is now just such a beautiful way for me to remember. Yes. And I think if I hadn't chosen in the very early days to write, and I think it was something funny happened at the hospital, and I thought, God, I got to write this stuff down. And it just evolved. I'd had, it brought on, it took on a life of its own. And I, I always say, like, people are like, what do you, I don't think they even understood what you're writing. And I'm, I'm also a CPA. I wasn't even that great in English. Um, <laughs> I got a like perfect on the SAT math and you know but English was not my strong suit even though I loved to read and I kind of taught myself 
Um, I'd read read tons of books, take notes, and I would go away for weeks at a time. I'd go to the beach house for a week, and people were like, "What are you? Mm-hmm. What are you? What are you going to do?" And people came down to check on me because it was so out of the yes. old Wendy yeah. that you're. And I would get up in the morning, have some tea, write, maybe go take a walk, go grab some coffee, come back, write, and then you know do it some more, go to bed, get up, and it would. So some of that, you know, I was teaching myself and honing, I think, some of these stories mm-hmm. that I can now share with yes. so much, in a soft way. Yes, for sure. And I did it this year, too. I went away, mm-hmm. um, usually I go away the week of his birthday, mm-hmm. just because that's just a hard time. And um, this was a funny edit, because I think it got a little too poetic or a little too over the top. And this was the, I, I kind of was going through it. And I was like, who wrote this? Like, all these words were in it, and they were they didn't need to be in there. So this was kind of the pulling out. I kind of went way too far <laughs> to yes. bring it back a little bit. So That's awesome. Yeah. So it's been, it's been fun. It's, that's been fun, too. It's gotten, you know, first it was, you know, I looked at it as therapy, but now it feels more joyful yes. in the way I can, I can share. It's so cool that you, because you do have that, you know, data girl, data brain, if you will, math brain that not everybody has. Hello. And then you can still, so you could, you could write and keep all the facts from the beginning and then add all of your Yeah, it's emotion. like um, the emotion had to come back mm-hmm. in, the detail, the, the description, the vivid description sometimes mm-hmm. of what we were doing and, um, yeah, it was fun. And but then I you, you know, I think we all have both sides of our brains and then we go, we get into these careers and we kind of forget how creative we are naturally. Yes. Like everyone's creative. I always we, say that. We all can do I don't both. do math, but I always say that. I can help you. I can help you with that. <laughs> yeah, you do. Thank you. But I think you know, if we can I tapped back into something that um really proved to be a very powerful medium. You know, in the way that, um, I don't know, for me, I think I've had friends tell me, you know, when you're around, I'm a little more creative. You know, Mm. and that kind of like multiplies Mm -hmm. and feeds other people as well. Um, And then I started doing things I never thought I'd do. Like I started doing this intuitive painting and now I have nothing but my own paintings in my house. And, you know, it kind of, you just get deeper with it. Right. And somebody told me a couple years ago. She, she gave me some really good advice. Um, she said, Wendy, you really only need your analytical skills for work. And at first, it took a, while, a long time for me to really integrate that into my life. But when you really think about that, it is so true. Like, I can hone in and do anything, you know, at work. But, you so, but I also have a business where it's the numbers are the way through to people. We are really, truly mm-hmm. dealing with people at the end of the day. That's it. And, um, but, you know, outside of work, you know, I just kind of learned to let things be. You know, I don't yes. fight things as much as I used to. I kind of more observe when I'm in an awkward situation. I've learned to kind of sit back and not be as judgmental or have these expectations I used to have and it's so much easier it's so much easier to live that way let it be is let it be logo on your wall Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um you know through all of that though you know as some time has passed there is a freedom that I have now that I don't think a lot of people have um I'm not 
if if the worst thing that could happen to anybody happened to me, mm-hmm. and it, no matter what I faced in my future, if I lost every cent I had, if I ended up, mm-hmm. you know, w- in jail somewhere, I mean, it doesn't even matter. Nothing I will face could be worse than that. So right. I, when you can kind of mm. really accept that, it's a gift in a way. Um you know, we're still going to do our everyday lives and do all these things, but I kind of don't take it so everything else so seriously. Yes. It's like the little, the little things don't matter. What's that? There's a book, um, don't sweat the small stuff. Yes. And so that, of course. so now I don't sweat the medium stuff either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I, yes, I can attest to that as your bud. Mm-hmm. You don't sweat anything. Yeah. I don't think you sweat. <laughs> I do at hot yoga. I do sweat there. All right, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, and I, you know, sometimes I, um, I think about that, and the word that always comes to mind is peace. Yeah, it's peaceful to know that. Agree. I mean, I'm always going to do the right thing, obviously, but you know, I actually feel very similarly um, about that peace. That even when you're going through anything, it could obviously not match up to the horror of losing your child obviously but we do have everyday issues and going through them can sometimes feel like they're the worst thing or eating you know eating me alive um but at the end of the day I do have that same feeling like it's it's gonna be fine Mm -hmm. and I don't I don't always know how I got there but I am there too yeah, I think that's how we kind of connected, actually. I know. We're like sort of a gentle peace for each other. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, all those, I know it's so funny, like all those times we met for coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're mm-hmm. just talking it out. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. But the, it was, the conversations always evolved, though. Like yeah. there was always a takeaway or a something mm-hmm. to think about. Yeah. Or a different way of looking at something. And here we are today. I know. <laughs> 